So we, um, we're in a series here at Indelible Grace Church uh, because we're still in Easter time. And um, I think some, I heard recently um, that it's hard for us to think about Easter and Christmas past Easter and Christmas, right? And yet, if it wasn't, if it weren't for Christmas and Easter, you'd be doing something else right now with your Sunday. Because Jesus' birth, his life, and then his death, yes, his death was everything, him dying for our sin. But if he's not alive, if our hope is only in this life and not for eternity, then uh, Paul says we're to be pitied. So we're continuing to talk about the resurrection, the benefits of the resurrection for a few more weeks in this Easter time. So, oh, and I also wanted to, I forgot to do this. I wanted to apologize for yelling so much. I did a lot. I was kind of listening to myself last week, and I do a lot of yelling from up here. And I'm just, I took voice lessons, and I'm just trying to go for my diaphragm and just making, you know, and I, I apologize for yelling. Also, I do CrossFit. And if you've ever been to a CrossFit gym, it's loud music. It's lots of people uh, the coach is yelling at you mostly the whole time, um, and you yell back. Typically, I do. So I blame CrossFit also for the fact that I yell from the front. But don't be offended by that either. I apologize for that. I'm going to try to do a little less yelling today, although I feel it it's, it's already starting. So, um, all right. So we've been in this series on why Jesus being alive matters. I've been the one starting this series. Wade will pick up this series in two weeks. Right, I'll be here again next week up here. That's four. Uh, and I was just told by Sammy in the history of Indelible Grace Church, there's never been a pastor preach four in a row, the same person. And, and can somebody vouch for that? Is that a true statistic? You're welcome for that as well. Um, like, wow, that's a lot of time to take. Um, I get that. So in this series, I've been talking about from Scripture, Philippians, we were looking at, if because Jesus is alive, we are now uh, called citizens of heaven. So that means something to us. As we sit here today, we are citizens of heaven because of Christ being alive forevermore. We're waiting for a real person, not some ethereal thought or concept. We're waiting for Jesus, his person, to return. And we eagerly do that to get new bodies. We talked about how Jesus was raised with a new body that people could recognize him. He, he ate breakfast. He ended up in a room that was locked. Like he, and he wasn't a locksmith. He got, so there's, there's something material about Jesus in his resurrected state. And we're going to experience that new state ourselves, uh, because we're believers in Jesus. That's amazing. Like that in itself is just, it's mind-boggling. We talked about last week from Paul um, that we're united with Christ, that we're betrothed to Christ as the risen Savior. And I know I said betrothal, and that if you go to YouTube and you YouTube, how do you pronounce that word? It's betrothal. Okay, I get it. But I did finally find a YouTube video where they said betrothal. So it's really either or. If you keep, keep going on YouTube, you'll eventually find what you're looking for. So we are betrothed to Christ. We're in this relationship united with him by his spirit, and we are free from sin. 
And we talked about that last week, what that really means and what that looks like for us to not be devastated in this life by our own sinfulness. That if you feel like such a rotten sinner, if you know Christ, yeah, you can accept that because you're alive in Christ. You, you are betrothed to Him and He knows exactly who you are. And, uh, being united with Him means we are like Him. So, we're not under the devastating weight of our sin anymore. We talked about that last week. Betrothed to Him. So today, for a few moments, and I promise there's going to be a couple things that I'm going to bring out for the kids, um, we're going to look at sadness. And here's why. Like, why would you talk about sadness when we're having a family service? Okay, so I was looking at the Jesus Storybook Bible because I knew we needed, we were going to have a family service. And if you don't have the Jesus Storybook Bible and you have kids, you don't have kids, it doesn't matter your stage of life, everyone needs to own a Jesus Storybook Bible. This is the best, one of the best children's Bibles ever. And two million copies have been sold. Um, anyway, really, really great. Maybe, um, if, if you, if you need one, I'll give you mine today, cause I have another one. These are so great. So I was looking in this Jesus Storybook Bible, and I went to the resurrection part, and it starts off like this. It's entitled, um, God's Wonderful Surprise, right? Because Jesus had died, and his rising from the dead for even the people who had heard him say he would. It was a surprise to them. So God's wonderful surprise. Um, in the Jesus Storybook Bible, and the kids, you can listen to this part if you want. The pictures are kind of weird, but they're good. Um, it starts off like this. Jesus' friends were sad. And so I read that sitting in a coffee shop up in Roseville, and I'm sitting with my Jesus Storybook Bible. I read, Jesus' friends were sad. And it just dawned on me that, yeah, they were probably sad. And it, and so as my mind works, which I get it, most of you have no idea how my mind works, cause I, I know Anna, it's, it's, you'll never, it's okay. I just, I just went down the rabbit hole of thinking about, yeah, the people who knew Jesus at that moment, they were sad. And the resurrection means that they weren't anymore. That sadness for the disciples, for um, those who knew Jesus and loved him, loved his person, that him rising from the dead meant that he wasn't sad, or that they weren't sad, and Jesus wasn't sad, they weren't sad anymore. And so I wanted to just think about that a little bit today. And so, interestingly enough, um, there are plenty of sad situations in the Bible, not just the crucifixion of our Lord, that, that was a sad occurrence. But if you start in Genesis... <laughs> and you go all the way to the end of the Bible, most of it is sad stories. It's people, their lives, their families, uh, men and women who, who don't get it, who uh, God is gracious to, but they you know, abandon His grace. It's, it's, just, it's full of, of sad things. You can't necessarily find the word sad, but there's lots of places in Scripture and the Bible that talk about sadness. Or sorrow, sorry, sorrow. Um, a derivative of sadness. And so sorrow comes up quite a bit. But So I thought, let's just spend a, a second thinking about sorrow. If you have your Bible, 
I just have one verse for us to look at in Psalm 119. And if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. But when, hey kids, this is something you can learn with your Bible at home. To find the Psalms, it's the easiest book in the Bible to find. How many of you know how to find the book of Psalms? Joanna, you don't count. <laughs> Any kids know how to find? Okay, adults. Okay, Joanna, go ahead. How do you find the book of Psalms? How do you? Yeah, you just open, you kind of go to the middle of your Bible and you just, oh shoot. Now, if you have a large print Bible because you're blind like I am, it, it, you'll end up in Isaiah. But if you just go to the middle, yeah, here you are. Psalms is right in the middle. So you can always find your bearings in the Bible. If you just go to the middle, all the Psalms are there. So we're in Psalm 119. And for those of you who know Scripture, wonder if I said, I'm going to cover all the verses in Psalm 119. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, it's one of the longest chapters in all of Scripture. It is so long. It is an acrostic, this is a fact, it's an acrostic poem that, uh, and this is a little bit in Hebraic tradition, but it's a, it's an acrostic where it goes through the Hebrew alphabet and tradition says that King David was trying to teach Solomon the alphabet. And so he used this as a way to do it because David wrote around 75 of the Psalms. See all the facts you're getting, all the factoids that you're getting about Scripture? Um, so some of you are like, yeah, you can Google that, Tom. I know that. Great. But if you look at your Bibles, it starts in 119 with Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it keeps going. And each section has one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and then it has a section. Isn't that cool? Uh, if you want to teach your child... The Hebrew alphabet, you can use Psalm 119, just like King David supposedly did. So, we're in verse 28. And here's why. The beginning is Daleth, right? That part of the Hebrew alphabet. And it begins in verse 25 with, My soul clings to dust, to the dust. Give me life according to your word. If your soul is clinging to the dust, it's a sorrowful day for you. So David's bringing up a hard time. When I told of my ways, you answered me, God. Teach me your statutes, in verse 26. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Now, verse 28 is what I want to focus on. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Now, if you know anything about Psalm 119, which I know many of you do, it's all about the Word. So David is trying to teach Solomon, his son, the Hebrew alphabet through this acrostic, but he wants to teach Solomon about the Word of God, the law of God, the precepts of the Lord. And so every verse is basically pointing back to the Word, to the law of God. But here, trying to stay on sorrow for a second... In verse 28, my soul melts away for sorrow. I don't know if any of you, so talking to the adults for a second, and maybe as a kid you felt like you're melting away from sadness sometimes. And maybe you could think some a time in your life already that things have not been particularly great. Um, And I don't know what that could look like for you. It could look like a lot of things. Just because you're kids doesn't mean you haven't gone through sad things, right? Of course. But here David is saying, my soul melts away. 
it, so the Hebrew here is sort of this idea that because of sorrow, you're, you're just leaking tears to the point where there's puddles, where it's just a leakage. You're, you're drowning in your own tears is what David is trying to convey here. My soul melts. I'm in a puddle of my own tears for the sorrow that I'm in. So what's the answer? Because I don't want to belabor the point. The answer David gives is, strengthen me according to your word. The the answer for David always in in Psalm 119 is the word. That's always what's going to get me through my puddle of sorrow and tears and sadness is the word. Now, if you left me, come back just for a second. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. Anytime that David mentions the Word in the Old Testament, of course it means the law of God. Of course it means, you know, the, the scriptures as David knew them to be in that ancient Near Eastern time. But as we sit here in the 21st century, the Word is Jesus Christ. The answer for your soul melting with sorrow like David as he was looking to an anointed one to come Jesus is the Word made flesh. The answer to your sadness is the resurrected Jesus, the Word made flesh who dwelt among us, who was silenced. The Word of God, Jesus Christ, was silenced. The Word. But then rose again to do what? To say that I'm alive forevermore. To say to Peter, go feed my sheep. You're forgiven, right? And now Jesus intercedes on our behalf day and night. So what's what's the the, the lesson here? The lesson is if you're sad, you need to feel that emotion. Don't, Don't rush past your sadness. Sadness is part of human life. But the ultimate answer, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, The sadness is over because Christ himself became a puddle, dripped tears himself for us. We can now sing for joy in the word that has been raised. So you you get it, right? That's the gospel, right? The gospel is that in your deepest sorrow, in all your tears, Jesus went throughout the word He has strengthened me according to your word, David says. You can be strengthened according to the living word, Jesus Christ. He's your only hope. And sadness, he's your only joy, true joy, your true happiness and contentment in this life. Yes, he gives you the church. And there's so many joyful things about church. Hard things too. Sad things too, right? So, um, here's what I wanted to try to do in my head. It works great, but I don't know. Um, what, what Jesus promises in his resurrection, besides that he is uh, sort of enveloped or he's taken our sadness and sorrow into himself and now gives us, according to himself, life and peace and joy, it means in my head 
that life really is no longer only booze, booze. You know, I don't, it sounds like I'm saying booze with a Z. Um, no, it's not what I'm saying. B O O, like, like in Princess Bride, boo, you know, bow down to, you know, that. How many of you have seen The Princess Bride or read the book? Okay, a couple of you. We've got so much work to do, so little time. Um, so it's that, that Jesus' resurrection means the end of booze like that and only yays. So I want to hear, I want to hear your, uh, and you're going to have to do this. I want to hear your greatest boo. Like I want to hear you really from the gut say boo. All right, I'm going to say one, two, three. And I want to hear your boo, right? One, two, three. Really bad. Uh, let's try it again. One, two, three. Boo. Okay. Now we're going to do yay, right? Uh, and so when I, when I say yay, and I want you to, I'm going to give you three, a three count again. I want you to stand up because a boo, you should go lower almost. Like, you know, because in that scene with bow down, you know, it was kind of low. But with the yay, it needs to be stand up, right? So if I say yay, I want you to stand up and I want you to give it your all. Ready? One, two, three. Yay! So introverted, so introverted. I understand that. So where I'm headed with this is, you know, we're, we're now called citizens of heaven. And so there's no more of these... I mean, at, at some point, the resurrect, at some point, the resurrection of Jesus means no more booze in your life, only yays. And so I was trying to come up with a list of things that would be boo, and some of the things that would be yay, you know, and, and as I was making a list, okay, here's the start of my list. I started with, and I was thinking of kids, it's a family service, I was thinking of like bedtime. Right, and I'm thinking the adults in the room are going, yay! <laughs> you know, it's bedtime. See, because, right, it really just depends. For some of you, I could say a certain thing, and you'd be like, yay! And then the person next to you would be like, boo, right? I mean, so, isn't it amazing to think about heaven? Because of Jesus, and we as believers, citizens of heaven, united with Him, betrothed to Him, that all the yays are going to be yays, whatever it is in your mind. Like if you want bedtime, you're going to get that. It's going to be a yay. If you don't want bedtime, you won't have that. It'll be a yay. Everything is yes, yes. Yay, yay in Jesus. But I, I kept going on my list trying to find one that wouldn't be, well, it just depends. Boo or yay. Um, no more PE classes. I hated those in high school and junior high. Okay, all right. No more ice cream. Okay, unless you're lactose intolerant. I mean, no, how about this? Sunshine all the time. Okay, right? See, rain. So, right, it's still, it's still mixed. No matter what we do, math. See, that was a real no-brainer for, right, well, yeah, you're, you're right, Tom, no-brainers. Like, I hear math, and I'm like, there will not be math in heaven. There will not be, um, coffee! Yay for coffee, right? Breakfast, you know, I'll, I have such a long, naps, a clean house, not having to remember your password. 
I only heard Anna laughing on that one. I mean, it's just, I get it. Um, let's see here. Uh, a clean car. Yay. Right. Um, free gas. I mean, I know that heaven will be environmentally. Okay. So relax. Um, you know, muscles, all you want, or if you don't want them. You know, so, so here's the thing. Think about it. Because Jesus is alive, it's always going to be yay. And you're like, well, will it be the way I, yes, it'll be the way, yes, yay, you want it. That's heaven. You're like, how can that be? I don't know. That's why we're believers in a God who died and then was raised from the dead. That's why we're considered the crazy people. It's the gospel. It's the good news. Only yays. So during the week this week, when you have really those boo moments, because you will, remember, Jesus is alive. You're his. You're united with him. And that one day, whatever that boo moment is, it's going to be yay in Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, thanks for the opportunity to be together in this way. and um, We thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, that you're alive forevermore. Yay. Continue to do your work uh, in Indelible Race Church. We need, we need your spirit to just continue to do mighty work uh, in discipling us and showing us the way and building us up as a church so that we might love the community that you put us in. For your glory, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your kind attention.